the sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one of them heard them speaking in his own language and they were amazed and wondered saying are not all these who are speaking Galileans and how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Last day. 
is the great day. Jesus stood up and proclaimed, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some of the people said, This is really the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ is descended from David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Are you led astray, you also? Have any of the authorities or of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd who do not know the Lord are accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, and who was one of them, said to them, Does our Lord judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search, and you will see that no prophet is to rise from Galilee. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. Peace be to you who proclaim the gospel. Oh, oh.
Christ is in our midst. He is and always shall be. And the Holy Spirit may be with you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Your grace, Bishop Apostolos, Reverend Fathers, Presbyteres, ladies and gentlemen, my brothers in Christ. I am the light of the world. Those were the last few words that the Gospel of St. John today indicated to us that Christ is the light of the world, that He shows the path. As we celebrate today Holy Pentecost and also as we gathered, not to say farewell, but to say to him that he is about to depart officially from this community, that Christ be always in his path and light his path forever. There is Father Theodore, the beloved Presbyterian, and their family. As we have gathered today to do that, I'd like to share with you a few thoughts about the great feast of Pentecost, a feast in our church that many say it is the birthday feast of our church. It is the day that the church became officially sanctified by the Holy Spirit, thus began the earthly journey of more than 2,000 years now. On that first day, the followers of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ were filled with that Holy Spirit. That elusive quality that many times eludes us in our lives because we are taken by the evil one and we want reality. We want to touch. We want to see. We want to smell the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that is not the Holy Spirit that Christ sent to his disciples on that first day. They were emboldened to leave the safety of their company and he empowered them to stand in front of large crowds in order to proclaim the good news that Jesus of Nazareth, that the Pharisees were doubting, the one who had recently been crucified had indeed risen from the dead and it was promised that he will send the paraclete, the indeed the Holy Spirit, that he was the Son of God, the Messiah. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit was not an isolated event in the life of the church. It was not a one and done miracle. Throughout the Acts of the Apostles, the Spirit descended on many of the followers of Christ. They would pray for the Holy Spirit to guide them at the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15, 
or as St. Paul began his missionary journeys. There were even instances when the Holy Spirit filled the people even before they had even encountered the apostles and were baptized. Many of you have experienced that journey to the Orthodox faith and to the opening of the Holy Spirit. Many of you came out of curiosity to the Orthodox Church. Not because the Holy Spirit came upon you officially, but the Holy Spirit was within your heart. That's why you found this Holy Temple through the mighty acts of God and the humble service of a servant of God, the good Levite, Father Theodore. The Holy Spirit continues to work in us, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. We experience the Holy Spirit not only at the Feast of Pentecost, but also in our baptism and in our chrismation. And at every divine liturgy, when we pray, send down your Holy Spirit upon us and these gifts. And after we receive communion, we sing, we have received the heavenly spirit, worshiping the undivided trinity. The scriptures readings for this feast are filled with images that show us the effects of the spirit in our lives and in the world. That is to see only when we see that. That is to say, only when we are open to the power of mighty God through the Holy Spirit. These images can become our guideposts for our lives, but also when we try to discern the presence of the Holy Spirit. We heard last night in the readings, Prophet Joel, there is a parallel of rain and the Spirit. Christ himself in today's Gospel talks about the rivers of living water that will flow in those who believe in him. Up here in the blessed land of Oregon, the rain is something, a part of your life. Maybe that doesn't sound too rich or too emotionally moving. As the next sentence of the Gospel reveals, however, the church understood this to be a reference to the Holy Spirit. When water fills a parched and dry land, it creates the possibility for great harvests and fullness of life. When the land bears fruit and the trees are green and lush, the transformation of a desert to an oasis, or even more, a tropical paradise. 
This is why green is the dominant color for today, although I don't think any one of us wearing green today. And many churches, especially in the Slavic traditions, they will fill their churches with green plants, trees, palms, ferns, flowers. The presence of the Spirit is a life-giving presence, just as water gives life. It blossoms in us when we come parched, dry from the cares of the world. The prophet Joel goes on to show what the Spirit does to people. And he says, sons and daughters will prophesy. All men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. When the living water of the Spirit fills us, any hardness, any dryness in our hearts and souls is instantly softened, creating for us the potential for great effects in our lives. There is a great deal of parched land amongst us, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. There is a need for that blessed water by the Holy Spirit. Paul gives us a picture of the effect of the Spirit in our lives in his letter to the Galatians in a very rich image. I'm sure you will recall it. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Wow. What a beautiful, rich, and inviting understanding of the Holy Spirit. One thing that I'd like you to notice is that the word fruit is not in the is not is in the singular or karpos the fruit. It's not in the plural the fruits. He does not say you have the spirit if you are peaceful only or kind only. The fruit of the spirit is all of these together in one person in one community. All this fruit amongst you have been cultivated with patience and love and gentleness and firmness by our Father Ted. The Spirit's presence gives us rise to all of this in this community, in every community, in every person. It is not the Holy Spirit only that makes us for some kind of magic the tools of the Lord. The Holy Spirit in our lives open our hearts to what God wants us for us in His world. Think of all the opposites of what St. Paul describes. Enmity instead of love. Depression instead of joy. Anxiety instead of peace. Cruelty instead of kindness. Evil instead of goodness. All of us could name many more. When the Spirit is not present in our lives, we become immobile, 
hardened with a cold faith, a judgmental faith, a self-righteous and arrogant faith that does not care about people, their sufferings, their alienation, or whatever keeps them from God. The Holy Spirit opens our hearts and minds to the new possibilities that God presents for us. This is why you're here today, to receive that Holy Spirit through the kneeling prayers, but also to part with the man who has given you his entire life, along with his beloved presbytera and family, that Holy Spirit on a daily basis. The possibilities for you to continue as a flock of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the same road to the same journey that Father Theodore nurtured you to be are endless. You are called today to follow that road not without Father Theodore or any other priest or any other bishop but with the company and the presence of the Holy Spirit none of us the priests can take the place of the Most High God none of us can give you anything for we have nothing to give and this is this comes from the liturgy that we will say in a few minutes before the holy entrance we have nothing to give everything is given by God through us the name is Father Theodore, the name is Father Jacob, the name is Father Vasily, the name is all whatever name is. These are names. These are signposts that you are on the right path. That you fulfill your obligation, your responsibility in the front of God. In our hymns for Pentecost, the church focuses on the Holy Spirit as a member of the Holy Trinity. We know that this was an important debate in the life of the church, and it still is. No matter how much we profess in the Holy Creed that we will recite in a few minutes about what we believe, many times between you and me in our daily lives, we forget what the Holy Spirit is. This is the opportunity. And what the perfect one. On Holy Pentecost. To proclaim to yourself. And to everyone. Who comes in contact with you. About the works of the Holy Spirit. Through the hands of a man. Of a person. That has been a part of your life. From the beginning. A hymn from Vespers last night summarized all that we believe about the Spirit. The hymn says this Holy Spirit forever was and is and will be, never beginning, never ending, but forever ranked 
enamored with the Father and the Son. It is life and life-giving, light and giver of light, goodness itself and the source of goodness, through whom the Father is known and the Son is glorified, and by all is known that one power, one order, one worship of the Holy Trinity. My beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord, this is your holy, forgive me, our holy Pentecost today. To open our hearts, to open our minds, to continue in the journey of the glory to the kingdom of God that Father Theodore has placed you for so many years. And to ask him, that is God, to protect this man and give him and his wife and his family all the blessings from above to make the rest of the journey in his life a fruitful so that he may always, always glorify the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.